Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Fangirls Podcast, a place for fun, fandoms, and most importantly, fangirling. I'm Lauren. And I'm Julie, and we are so excited to dish and spill the tea with you today. So Outlander is off and running. We are on episode four of season six. And I feel like once you get to that midpoint, it's like flying by. You're like, oh no, 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 stop, stop. Just just slow down a little bit. I need some more Outlander, but it's just going to keep coming. We're going to be in Outlander again, but I'm trying to enjoy it as it's happening. Yes, it's just flown by. And I'm just so happy with how much they are sticking to the book. And I don't think they have room to not stick to the book because it's a shorter season. It's interesting. Each episode tends to focus on one character, Mm -hmm. which I find is interesting because Diana Gabbard on her writing, sometimes she will go off on a tangent and explain something for a really long time or go to that person's point of view. So it's interesting to see that playing out in the episodes. Yes. Because we remember all of the, the Fergus stories and the Brianna stories and the Ian stories and it goes on and on and on. And she kind of does that a little bit because, you know, it used to be focused solely on Claire and Jamie when they're first falling in love and their marriage and everything. But now there's so many people that are in their lives and a part of their lives and a part of their family. So it's kind of branched out and grown naturally as the world has been built. As most of you guys might know, March was a month filled with premieres. Yes, we were most definitely looking forward to Outlander. But March in particular was just filled with super fun premieres of shows that we have been waiting for. So we had Outlander, season two of Bridgerton, season two of Sanditon, mm-hmm. uh, season two of Upload, the premiere of Moon Knight from the MCU debuts tonight. Um, yeah, there's a lot to choose from. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what was your favorite? I was really happy to be back on the ridge, I have to say. Okay. For Outlander. But Bridgerton, when it started in the first episode started, I was like, no one make a sound. I didn't want to like peel my eyes away from the screen because I love that show so much. I mean, I fell in love with that show so hard last, I mean, when the first season came out that I had been waiting with like bated breath for over a year, I'm like, bring back the Bridgertons because I need to see them. So that was super exciting for me. What about you? I also miss the Ridge. Droughtlander was felt just so hard across the board. I binged Bridgerton so fast, probably within the first 24, 48 hours. And had we not had our own little Bridgerton watch party, I wouldn't have held back had we scheduled a Bridgerton party together. I really enjoyed Upload when it first came out at the very beginning of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So I binged that within the first 24 hours that it debuted. I just, I was so determined (laughs) knowing that we had such a giant watch list to go for. And now I'm just, you know, here waiting. I was like, okay, season three of upload another year and a half. Yay. (laughs) You know, but then you have other shows that I've told you to watch which will be good. See, I haven't seen upload yet. So I'm have to watch that one. I'm excited, but I think it was last month. I discovered a British show called ghosts and it's so funny. And I binged three seasons in just a few days. And I love when that happens, when there's a show you had no idea existed, then you find out it exists and then you just rip it to shreds. Oh yes. You know, days and you're like, that was so good. And then you find out that they're 
barely just starting to film season four and you're like, dang it, I have to wait. I probably cried laughing at some point during every episode. I love British humor though. It's written by these five writers that have done a lot of comedy shows together and they're mm-hmm. so brilliant. <laughs> I can't wait for you to watch it so we can have these inside jokes of <laughs> things that we say. Answer the question, damn your eyes. Like I need <laughs> you to understand where that comes from so that we can just really enjoy that together. I've binged so many premieres this month mm-hmm. that I'm ready for a new show. Here's the part of the show where we spill the tea. That means spoilers. We are talking about episode 604 of Outlander. It's called Hour of the Wolf. And I have to tell you, it really was an hour of just everything about Ian. It was. It was an Ian heavy episode for sure. And I'm glad they they did have to tell this story because it was such a crucial part of the book. Yeah, but did the flashbacks have to make everybody look so pale? I mean, it just was like, do a a warm flashback of like it being a warm memory, but it was like, it just seems cold. Like, isn't this a warm memory of like falling in love with her? So I don't know. The cinematography was a little weird for me. You know what? There might be symbolism behind the color scheme that they used on it. That's a very good point. I was going to say these memories are pale because they're in the subconscious and rooted so deep, but they hold an important context that there's probably a a color scheme associated with it for a reason. I just feel the memories tainted for him, even though Mm. there are some more memories that he holds dear to his heart, but actions made this memory very tainted for him. So that's probably why it's cast in that light. Yeah. I mean, it kind of reminded me of, you know, Claire's life with Frank was kind of like those muted colors. And I remember Mm -hmm. Ron Moore talking about very specifically how he wanted when she went back in time to be, it was very bright hues of colors, like everything came to life. So kind of reminded me of that, like the very muted, you know, very lack of pigment almost in the, even just the clothing, like, you know, they're wearing like bright red, but it almost looks brown and So it's interesting. Yeah, I agree. They're not just pale British folks. Yeah. There's logic as to why they put this color palette to these specific memories of Ian's. Yeah. So, you know, super heavy Ian episode. And I'm like, it kind of feels to me like they're giving Claire less scenes because of Kate's like growing tummy. I did catch on to that. Yes. She was like barely in this episode. So I'm like, I don't, do I even have a favorite Claire moment? I don't know. I feel like she wasn't really in it. I'm guessing they probably filmed a handful of scenes and said, this storyline translates. This storyline hit her pregnancy the best. Mm -hmm. These camera angles worked beautifully. We're going to make sure we get this down Mm -hmm. and to a science. Claire's scenes were very limited, but it's okay. Ian's story needed to be told. And now that we've knocked that section out, we can carry on with the rest of the seasons. Yeah. Did you have a favorite Claire moment? You know, it really pains me to say it, but I mean, Claire in her natural habitat, she goes out of her way to compliment Malva and how well she's learning. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's, it's just the most genuine thing. And she's just so excited to share knowledge and share why she documents everything that she works on. And you just see that passion thinking that she's teaching someone who is also genuine and that's not the case, but Claire is very unsuspecting of it. And I was just like, Oh, I have such a love hate relationship with this moment. I know, even though it's so genuine. So I'll say that's my favorite Claire moment. How about you? She hears Jamie come in and she takes off her apron and she goes right out to him. I mean, if I have to say, I mean, she wasn't in it that much and I was kind of like, 
what did I like the best out of this? And I'm like, yeah, if Jamie got home, I would immediately drop everything and go out to the barn. Right. (laughs) And he was, according to her, he was a day late. So yes, I was worried my husband was gone. Did something happen on the Indian Yeah, Jamie's known for getting into a little bit of trouble sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. What was your favorite Jamie moment? I liked when he gave it to the Indian chief straight. He's like, look, my, my wife and my daughter are seers. This is what's about to happen in 60 years. Protect your family, go into hiding. The chief was like, okay, good looking out because they believe in that kind of thing. You know, I do. Yeah. was just a regular old English person. They'd be like, you're a psychopath. We are going to put you in jail and you will never see the light of day again. Right. But because the spiritual understanding in or indigenous American culture, it's a little more open-minded and they understand deeper things like that. So I liked that. That, that seemed very true to Jamie, how he said, there's different sides to fight on, but fight for yourself, fight for your family. And that's truly what Jamie lives by. Mm -hmm. What about you? I would have to say, oh, I had two, but I'll save the other one for later. I would have to say when he was giving Fergus his newest Mm -hmm. assignment. Yeah, that was sweet. And they kind of grazed the importance of that moment in general. Fergus took it as, oh, you're just trying to keep me busy so I don't get lost in my dark thoughts Yeah. versus in the book, book readers know that the purpose to the storyline is Jamie's helping Fergus find a purpose, mm-hmm. whether it's yeah. personal, professional, as a provider for his family. He is showing him that he is so much more than someone just with one hand and he is capable of doing so many great things. And he's not just telling them, Oh, you're great at sales. And Fergus is reminded like, Hey, remember when we used to make our own broadsheets and Mm -hmm. book readers know that there is a huge purpose with Fergus and the printing press in future books. Mm -hmm. And you just see that subject graze, but I hope they are able to touch on that in future seasons because Fergus does so much good with that tool that Jamie gave him in that one episode. Oh yeah. And especially by the time you get to book nine and all this stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of wondering when are we going to see more of Alan Christie? Like he's been pretty MIA. I mean, he was in it a little bit last week, but we're four episodes in. I I know. Beat in the front yard, but I mean, I'm expecting like a huge mic drop moment for Alan Christie. That's, I feel like I am too. I feel like they're doing a slow build, especially Alva. Like that end scene was so creepy when they zoomed in on her tiptoeing to see Claire and Jamie getting it on. It seriously gave me the heebie jeebies. I was just like, oh, yeah. Oh, man. No, no, no. And that's the thing. If I hear someone getting down and dirty, like I've had noisy upstairs neighbors. I'm irritated. I'm not trying to peek in. Okay. You've probably woken me up from a very deep REM sleep. I'm irritated. Okay. (laughs) I'm not, I was irritated when I saw her creeping in and I was like, okay, they're, they're building up the crazy. They're building up the creepy. It's kind of that slow burn because when Malva drops her mic, like things are going to get so real so fast. And I'm just waiting for that to happen. But I think this, there's going to be a similar situation with Alan. That's my educated guess. But I yeah. will say this week's episode was a very nice reprieve from Tom Christie. I did not miss him at all in this episode. No, nope. didn't miss him one bit. Yeah. You know, Roger and Brie weren't in this. So I guess my favorite Ian moment was when he threw the tomahawk to stop the guy from shooting his friend and the duel. 
you know, he's fully Scottish, fully Mohawk and you, you see it there. Like he's man of honor, but then it's like, he saves his friend's life, even though they, you know, his friend did him dirty and he still took the higher road. So Mm -hmm. when they go low, we go high. That's right. Ian get it. Yeah. And he saved the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then like the Lizzie, Kezi, Josiah, everything is kind of, that's building too. Cause that's going to have an interesting little fun situation oh, coming up soon. It's a very interesting plot twist. That's for sure. Yeah. And I'm like, when is this coming? Cause she's like super close with both of them and you can tell. Yeah. You know? And she's getting curious. She's, uh, she's seen some things, but please help explain this. Cause I didn't understand this at all. Okay. How did Kezi go from not speaking to full-fledged sentences. Remember how he had that tonsillectomy situation? And so in the books, Claire, she removed some things and fixed some things to get him to be able to hear and talk. Cause I think, was it a tonsillectomy or he was beat or something by his, I guess. Yeah. His ears were boxed. And I thought maybe it's just my memory. I could have sworn that Kezi was just still fully mute and he could only read lips. So when he had like a, like an unspoken language with Joe Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and similar to what he has with Lizzie. Mm -hmm. So, and I just don't remember him speaking. I just remember Joe speaking for both of them. And Lizzie just had this unspoken bond with both, but I was like, hold the phone here. How are you? fully understanding and or speaking words. I did not. This yeah. Doesn't she translate. did a procedure on him and apparently it cured the problem. Okay. Okay. Well, your nose and throat are all connected. So that does translate, but now I can't tell them. I mean, it's the same actor playing both. So right. I'm like, like yeah. you should have just cast twins right? <laughs> because when she's looking at them, And when they were on the porch in one of the episodes, you Mm -hmm. can tell that they're like panning to one, panning to the other, doing different scenes. Could you just gotten the Weasley twins in here? (laughs) I mean, I know they're a little old now, but yes, that'd been good. Yeah. (laughs) Or just, I mean, there's gotta be twins out there, but I mean, he's probably like an excellent actor. So that's why they cast him because he just captured the essence. They do find the right people. Yeah, that's for sure. So, okay. Cause that, that's probably what caught me the most off guard. Cause I was like. I thought you didn't talk. And I remember both of the twins having the tonsillectomies, but I didn't remember that fixing the problem. So here we are now. Here we are. Maybe the world makes sense now. It runs together for me. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know how many words of Diana gabbled on that I've read, but it is many, many words (laughs) of hers. What caught you in the feels this episode? When Jamie prayed to faith to help find Isabel. Oh, yeah. I mean, I felt at ease knowing that he put Ian's mind at peace. Yeah. Just seeing that whole experience. He's like, well, then we'll just ask faith to find Isabel in heaven and we'll make it all, all better. And I was like, yes, we will. Oh my goodness. And I was just like, he can't say anything wrong. He just has the perfect words to heal anybody's heart. And I was just like, oh, what about all right. So next in line for minister, <laughs> if Roger needs a day off, and, yeah. You know, or assistant a, pastor. Right. I mean, and even though he's Catholic, so, I mean, you can't be a priest, but same thing, give or take. Yeah. I think that whole conversation between Ian and Jamie by the Creek, when Ian's sitting there, Jamie, just like speaking into him and, and telling him about faith in general, like he doesn't, I've never heard him talk about it to anybody except for Claire. So that was 
a really big step, you know, but yeah. if, if Ian needed to hear anything, that's what he needed to hear. And who better to tell him that than Jamie? Yeah. That's the other thing that caught me off guard was I thought that was known information that he lost a child and Ian was totally caught off guard. And I was like, oh, Jenny didn't say anything. Oh, okay then. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think, you know, back in those days, that's not really something you would talk about, like, especially because Ian wasn't born yet and it was in France. So, right. I don't know if, I don't even know if Jenny knew because when she came back, when Claire came back, Jenny, yeah, no, Jenny sent the baptismal spoons. And then she knew when they came back from France, Claire had lost the baby and Jenny was on her third. That's right. But yeah, that whole scene by the river, right in the fields. Yeah. Right in the fields. What was your favorite thing overall? His Mohawk friend who was like a brother to him, Mm -hmm. they exchange weapons and then they kind of, you know, how he gave him the bracelet and he's like, if I don't make it out of this alive, the duel go to her and my son. And then Ian saves his life and gives him the bracelet back. And it's like, he's accepting it. And I'm like, that's probably was a lot of closure for Ian to be able to kind of tie that up. Like, okay, I'm letting this go. She's chosen him and I can, you know, move on. What about you? I personally really enjoyed the storytelling of Ian's time with the Mohawk. Yes, we knew Ian's backstory with his wife and all the miscarriages she had, but Mm -hmm. there was a certain perspective that the show illustrated so well of seeing Ian's time with the Mohawks from start to finish. I don't remember reading about Ian's christening with the Mohawk, seeing it through Ian's eyes Mm -hmm. in that memory. I was just like, oh, this was really well done. Same with the, the story time around the fire and they're asking him like, Oh, tell us what it was like to be in your, you know, in your country. And he was like, I can't do it in Mohawk, but I can, you know, try and tell you this. Yeah. And just seeing it from his perspective on being a Sassanac in a different, you know, atmosphere and trying to bond with these people that have accepted him. I mm-hmm. thought that was done so well. And it made me involved in it, mm-hmm. but it was, it was similar to the memories with Harry Potter, you know, where you're watching, but you're included mm-hmm. Yes. At the same time, it was just done very well. So I thought the show, I thought the show nailed it. I didn't know I needed to see that perspective. I thought I read that perspective beautifully in the book, but the show took it to another level that I wasn't expecting, but enjoyed. Yeah. I, I definitely like watching how they brought him into the tribe mm-hmm. and just everything the chief kind of spoke over him during that ceremony. He became one of them and they really just adopt and accept them into it. I also love that the women choose their men. Oh yeah. And they can be like, bye-bye when they need to. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. It's up to them. I'm like, this is great. Let's adopt this everywhere. That's <laughs> wonderful. Overall, great episode. Very happy with 604. They've covered so much ground and I just can't wait for episode 605. How about you? I'm a little nervous because at the end of this episode, we see Malva being a peeping Tom and I'm like, oh, the shitteth is about to hitteth the fan. <laughs> <laughs> 
also I have to, you know, just give a shout out to the Fraser's Ridge barn gets the most picturesque thing ever. And just like the trees, it's so beautiful. I'm like, can somebody build me a barn like that? So Uh, it looks so amazing. It's a great place for some afternoon delight. I have to say, I agree. I immediately thought of the silos and I was like, okay, if we just put some other plants, this is great for, you know, senior portraits. This is like, I was thinking (laughs) photo shoots and photo locations and how you can repurpose this barn for different things. Yeah, of course you did. I'm just like, it's great afternoon delight. Perfect. I can't help but think we're going to see a lot of Outlander cosplay with this barn in general and photo shoots Mm. and or Outlander themed TikToks to follow. So good placement with the barn, Fraser's Ridge. We approve. And now it is time for the Fangirl Spotlight of the Week. The Fangirls podcast is now on Etsy. Our shop has a variety of original, custom-made, fandom-inspired artwork in digital download form, with prints inspired by Outlander, Bridgerton, Harry Potter, Marvel, and more. You are sure to find a design that celebrates your favorite fandom. We are offering 10% off our Etsy store with the code FANGIRL. Link to our store and all the info will be in the show notes. Fangirls podcast is brought to you by Believe Podcast Network, and we want to take a moment and thank you for tuning into our podcast. Please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts so that we can dish and spill the tea with more fangirls and fan guys like you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear all of our latest episodes. We love hearing from you, so connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Check out our website to see all that the fangirls are up to. We post a monthly shopping guide called the fangirls favorite things inspired by your favorite fandoms. All the information will be in the show notes. See you next time. See you next time. We here at the fangirls podcast are not affiliated with the following outlander outlander stars stars network Sony, anything Diana Gabaldon has written, unfortunately, or any of the cast of Outlander. Just really big fans. Or Bridgerton, or Netflix, or Sanditon, or Ghosts, or Upload, Upload. or Prime. Just or really anything. fans. Really anything. Yeah, we're just fans. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.